Hello and welcome. You are listening to Coming Out and Beyond LGBTQIA Plus Stories. So excited to start our fourth season. This is Anne-Marie Zanzel, your host, and I am so excited to share some changes to our podcasts that are really great, and I think you'll be as excited as I am about it. First of all, we will be dropping a new podcast every other Friday. This is at the request of our listeners who wanted to hear more. Secondly, my producer, Barb Rowlandson, will be joining me as a conversation partner as we discuss things coming out. Barb is a fellow late in lifer and also the mom of a queer kid. And so she has a lot of insight and experience to share with us. And thirdly, we're going to be focusing on the beyond. Love to hear your coming out stories, but I want to hear the beyond because sometimes magical things happen when we come out and we have a life that we could have never imagined. Many of us say this is the best thing that we've ever done. Let's get started. Welcome to the show. Tell me your story. Today we're talking about a topic that people like to avoid, like the plague, but it is very important, and the topic is grief. Grief. You could probably talk about this for endlessly. Yes. That's okay. True. So whether you are grieving your coming out journey, or grieving your marriage, grieving so many other things and the changes that we go through when we come out later in life, it is, grief is grief is grief. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I want to share a little bit of of my journey. Um, So when I was in the process of coming out, um, it was probably about six months into that past my fetal position phase when I was making the decision actually to come out and to um, actually, eventually I ended up leaving my marriage. I was emotionally all over the place. I was crying. I was laughing. I was, I was very, very sad. I was forgetting things. I was unable to sleep. I was, I had no appetite. I literally lost about 25 pounds when I was coming out. Um, I was missing appointments. I was so unlike myself that I was like really, really scared. Well, I'm a grief counselor, (laughs) believe it or not. Um, I'm certified by the Miss Foundation, which um, does a really a lot of wonderful work with parents who have lost children. In fact, they were just featured on some news station I saw. Um, I was, I think it was at NPR about the wonderful work they do on their care farm. So if you've lost a child, look up the Miss Foundation. It is amazing. Um, so I got certified for them as a grief counselor, and it was literally six months into my own coming out. That I was like, oh, I'm grieving. That's quite the confluence of things right there. Like all of a sudden, and it hit me that I was grieving. Now, the funny thing is, is I had grieved before, but they were different griefs. Um, mm-hmm. They were um, actually, the funny thing is, is my mother died. And, and then I did a very intense residency program as a chaplain. And I spent like eight months, mu- like eight months crying. And, and I remember like, what the heck is wrong with me? Why am I crying all the time? And I remember my CPE supervisor saying to me, 
oh my God, your mother died in February. And this was like the following January. And she said, oh, you're grieving. She was probably wondering how, why the hell I was Right, right. Oh, that's why. And also, too, you grieve, you know, I had a challenging relationship with my mom. And sometimes you grieve the relationships with parents that were not great a lot harder than when your parent was super great and stuff like that because you grieve what was and also what wasn't. So that's my foray into grief um, in this journey. It is something that is ongoing and present for me. Not as bad as it used to be, but I want to share some information about grief today because I think you'll find it really. And Barb, what was your experience like? Uh, well, I mean, I I hear a lot of my own experiences in your story. Mm-hmm. Um, I had that fetal position period too, that period of, of crying a lot. I can remember sort of isolating myself quite a bit, not really wanting to interact with the rest of the world. And my coming out. I mean, I've experienced all kinds of grief in my life, but my coming out grief surrounding that and my ex- and my circumstances surrounding that was um, I had a catalyst. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, I, it, she made me realize that, you know, I, I couldn't stay in my marriage. I left my marriage. I walked away from my family home with the, the vow to my children that I would have a place for us all to live in six to, six to 12 months. So one of the hardest things... I've ever done, lost everything. And at the time too, I was having a very difficult illness, um, stress-related illness to my job. So I kind of had lost everything. I'd lost my my job. I had lost daily contact with my children. I had lost the house that I had lived in for over a decade. Because of the nature of my relationship with my catalyst, I had lost contact with a lot of friends. I was very isolated. And then I lost my catalyst relationship. So I really... I had lost so much. I had kind of burned my life to the ground and had to start over again. So there was a ton of loss. But before I could accept all of the loss, I had to process it. And that was the grief process. And so I caved. I, um, you know, I was just at home in the fetal position, really sad. And then um, gradually, incrementally, it started, I started to be able to do more and improve my life and gain back and rebuild. Not I won't say gain back because I didn't get back the things that I had walked away from. I didn't want those things. And I had already decided before that. So what I was doing was rebuilding and rebuilding a whole life. When you're 45, mm-hmm. after you've been married for 21 years and have two children, that's, uh, ooh, that's not a light and easy task. No, it is not. No, no it's not. So let's do some brief 101. So a lot of times people um, say that, like, uh, they think that grief is a process that you go step by step by step by step by step, and then you're done. And it's not like that. Um, grief is, the, it, you know, the first person that really started talking about grief um, in a cohesive way was someone who's very famous. And it's her name was Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. She did a lot of um, studies on people who were actually dying. And she talked about the grief phase of people who were dying. 
Now, what ended up happening is they took our work and they just placed it on people who were grieving. And her work can be appropriate for that. But grief is basically, you'll see in the workbook, <laughs> grief is like, you know, a jumbled mass of string tied together. Grief is yeah. like that. So what I have come, and this is just my observations, is that the five stages that Elizabeth Kubler-Ross um, identified was first there's shock, then mm-hmm. there is um, depression, mm-hmm. there's shock, bargaining, anger, depression, and then acceptance. Mm-hmm. She put them in those orders. But it also is totally jumbled up. And some days you'll be in an acceptance place. Some days you'll be in an anger place. Some days you'll be in a bargaining place. But what I have come to realize is that I have found that her theory about grief really fits the later in life community really super well. Because we are dying, really. We're dying to a sense of self. We, and I don't want to be morbid, I don't want to scare people, but, and when I say die, people go, oh, but what I mean is that we are leaving parts of ourselves, not all of us, but parts of ourselves behind to be able to create a new life. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if, you, if you're a Buddhist or you believe in Buddhist principles, we talk about, you know, birth, death birth, life, death, rebirth, and life really truly is a continuous process of that. And Mm -hmm. if you think about your life and reflect about it, a lot of times you will see there's these patterns of birth, you know, birth, life, death, rebirth. And so I have found within our, when you start reading the pages of the later in life community and finding comments on Facebook and stuff like that, you will see people by like, first of all, one being totally shocked that they're one, maybe have fallen in love with a woman. Mm -hmm. Our later in life community goes from people that were sort of out when they were younger, who had girlfriends when they were younger. People like me who sort of thought I was gay, but really never experimented until I got older. People like Barb who've had a catalyst, never thought they were gay, and then you know met somebody and was like, "Oh, holy, holy poop!" You know, yeah. you know, the community is all over the place yeah. about discovering their LGBTQness. So there's all different paths that people discover that. So there's this, there's that shock phase. Um, I often see people bargaining. Um, and I am going to say that I really experienced people bargaining about trying to stay married and figuring out how to do that. Mm-hmm. Having said that, some people are able to bargain and they are able to figure out how to stay married and to embrace their queerness. But what I have experienced that 95% of the time, it is only a stopping place on the journey to come out. A right. lot of times people are just trying to figure out how to keep everything together. Mm-hmm. A lot of times there is a lot of anger. There is anger for um, um, if you are somebody who comes from a religious tradition, there's a lot of anger around like, why did God do this to, to me? Why why is this happening to me? Why is my community abandoning me? Even though you know why. All those things, you know, there's a lot of anger around that. There's a lot of anger around the way people treat us. There yep. is a lot of anger, sometimes at our ex-spouse, sometimes at our children, sometimes at our parents, sometimes at our family and our friends. 
sometimes a lot of anger at ourselves because like, how did I not knew that? How did I not know this? How did I like get married? And, you know, so there's a lot of anger to deal with. Yeah. Oftentimes there's a lot of depression too. I mean, and sadness because there's a lot of change and growth and transformation going on. And so if you study anything about like when people transform, that is, I can't, I don't, I can't remember the technical term, but we call it the messy middle. And so Mm -hmm. it's very normal to be in the messy middle for a while as you try to find things out. And then finally, there's also acceptance. And there'll be times where you really will accept the fact, okay, I'm not straight. This is is what, what it is. And then You'll be dating a woman for a year, and then all of a sudden you think, maybe I'm, maybe I'm straight. <laughs> so, and then you're going back through again. So it's like, it's, and it's okay. All of those feelings are super normal. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, something we were just talking about before this video started was feeling, and I'm just thinking back to feeling angry. A lot of times when we're just coming out, coming out might be the thing that causes us to think okay i have to leave my marriage but these were probably in a lot of cases not great marriages to begin with and lots of other things that were wrong but the breakdown of the marriage gets attributed to the coming out when really there was a whole lot of other stuff that was going on as well so it can be really frustrating to feel like you are bearing the guilt, bearing the responsibility, bearing bearing the shame of, you know, having uh, your marriage end when in reality, there were probably a lot of other uh, contributors. And it's just a really layered situation. Yeah. Hey, Emory, you know what, I think that change can be a really good thing, don't you? I do, Barb, and I'm really excited when change can bring about a lot of good things for a lot of good people. Mm -hmm. So we are changing our Lotus Group coaching program a bit. Oh, awesome. Okay, so what's going on? Well, it's going to take on a bit of a different format after February 28th or beginning March 1st. It will have the same features as before, the groups, meditation, a whole course on a classroom platform, and a very active and friendly Facebook group. That's awesome. So what made you change it? Why? What's going on? Why did you want to change it? Well, the reason why I want to change it is we are transforming the Lotus Group coaching program so that we may reach more people in our queer community. So basically, I had to free up a little of my time. Oh, well, that's okay. That's good. Yeah, because change is good. Absolutely. So we wanted to give everybody a warning because a lot of times people think about joining Lotus Group Coaching for a very long time before they do. But we want to let you know that for the month of February, you are still going to get everything in the old Lotus Group Coaching Program, which depending on what time frame you sign up for, you will still get three or six individual coaching sessions with me if you sign up now. If you are interested, if you're curious, I really encourage you to book a free discovery call and you can find that link in the notes of the show. Okay, so a discovery call is for the people who don't know. What a is discovery it? call is a half hour call that is totally free to you. You get to meet me, talk about what's going on in your life, but most importantly, you get to share your story with somebody who understands. And you know what, Barb? 
What's up? I'll let you into a little secret. Okay. Um, I have been told by so many people that they're talking about maybe not being straight. I was the first person they've ever told. Wow. I know. It's really, it's really like such an honor for me. So if you want a safe, secure place to talk with somebody who understands, who will guard your confidentiality like a walled kingdom, Mm -hmm. book a discovery call today. That's awesome. And the sign up date for getting those three or six coaching, individual coaching sessions with you, the deadline for that is? February 28th. February 28th. (laughs) Okay, good to know. Change is good. Change is good. So one of the things that, okay, so in that year when I was grieving my mom, fellow person who was going through the couch program with me and she kept saying to me you need to feel it you just need to feel it and I like looked at her like she had four eyes because I didn't I honestly didn't know what she was talking about I just she goes you have to grow to go through these feelings and I'm like what are you talking but this is the thing is that grief feelings of grief are really um, intense it is our physical, spiritual, intellectual, and um, emotional response to loss. Grief is something that we cannot control. It just comes over us. It is a feeling. It's a a bunch of feelings. It is a feeling. It comes over us. It is part of the human human experience. Everybody grieves. We have big griefs, like when somebody major in your life dies. Uh, and, or, you know, if you've had, um, if you've had miscarriages, if you've lost a job, if you've moved from a new city, I mean, there are all kinds of griefs in our, there's the big ones and then there's the little ones. So we go through this process again and again. If you are in a family where you were taught that you're not allowed to feel any feelings, Mm -hmm. it's really hard to grieve. So what I realized, what I had done for most of my life was put my grief in my little box on my shelf. And so it really wasn't until I came out that the full weight of everything that I had never really grieved (laughs) came out. Because this is what I know about grief is that, you know, for example, when you like somebody dies or like that you're not very close to or something happens and, or there's a, like a national tragedy and you have the most intense feelings of grief and you're like, why am I so sad about this? I, I, I don't understand why. It's all your old griefs. Yes. The grief is always like looking for a way mm-hmm. to come out, you know, mm-hmm. now, and, and to have you feel those feelings. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the feelings of grief, Barbara? Oh, gosh. You know, something that's really common, I know that I've experienced this, a lot of other women experience this, is that even though that you have chosen to make a change, there are things about your old life that you grieve. And then it's like, why am I grieving my old life? Why am I grieving these things? I chose to leave it. And it's like, how dare I do this? But that is normal to grieve what you've lost. Mm-hmm. Um, most of us didn't enter into marriage, you know, back in the beginning with, uh, the intention that one day it would end. You had sincere hope and desire for a future with your husband. And 
you built things together. And so when things don't play out the way that <laughs> you had planned for it to for decades, maybe, you know, um, that is a source of grief. And another source of grief too, is not only that, but when we come out and we realize what an amazing awakening it is to accept our sexuality, we can grieve what we didn't have. Absolutely. Why didn't I do it sooner? Right. You know, there's a line in the, 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 uh, the unex- I wrote an article for uh, Grief Matters. It's a great website. And we talked about what I talked about was the unexpected experience of the unexpected grief experience of coming out later in life. I literally did not expect to grieve the way I did. Like, it didn't even occur to me. And there is a line in the article in which I said, I grieve, I was grieving the life I wish I had and the life I thought I was going to have. So just like Barb said, I do grieve the fact that I wasn't with the correct gender for my sexual orientation Mm -hmm. um, years ago, because I think my life would have been a lot more easier and a lot less restlessness in it. I probably wouldn't be as educated as I am (laughs) or something like something. I got to figure out what's going on here Um, because I find our later life community tends to be pretty well educated and have. And if it's not traditional education, they've done a lot of really cool things. Um, So it really was like there is the grieving of like, you know, not being a young, hot lesbian and... (laughs) without worrying about getting pregnant you know <laughs> so like things like that so and I want to share a um something with you I want to share this growing around grief this is I I didn't print this ahead of time so I'm just sharing it from the web page but this is the thing is that people think we grieve and that it tends to shrink over time. So like we stay the same and the grief shrinks. But in actuality, what ends up happening is that when we have grief, that grief stays the same, but we actually grow around it and we grow bigger. And because of the experiences of grief, we end up, um, we end up, um, of really changing us. I find that grief has been one of my most learning experiences of all times. So I know it's hard in the beginning. I, I believe me, I honor all of you who are going through this right now. Barb and I really understand that. And we're here for you in this. So let's talk about some of the things that happen when we grieve. So we talked about allowing ourselves to feel the grief. You know, pushing away the feelings only make things worse. What about our old lives, Barb? You know, you can grieve your old life and that's totally normal. And we can be very hard on ourselves. I think when we are going through this, we feel like we've caused pain, that we've given something valuable up um, in search of something maybe we don't know what's really ahead of us. Nobody has a magic ball to say how this coming out is going to go. You know, I think, I think we are so hard on ourselves mm-hmm. that a really good point to remember is, and we've all known this statement, we are all just doing the best we can with the information we have at the time. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us, especially those of us who are nurturing people, so many of us are, 
we are kinder to friends and family mm-hmm. who make big life changes than we are to ourselves. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So maybe that's a good thing to, to underscore is like, show yourself kindness. And I also want to, Barb started to talk about this, but this is the thing. It's normal to feel nostalgia or longing for your old life. That is really, really normal. And a lot of times I feel, I hear people being feeling really panicked because they love their girlfriend. They're, they mm-hmm. moved out. They're happy with her. And then all of a sudden, they start grieving their old life. They're grieving, you know, the heteronormative life that most of us have had. Mm-hmm. And what I have come to realize that this coming out journey is, is this experience of holding two things that can be true at once. Yes. You can be grieving your old life. You can miss your husband. You can miss the way things are can be. Mm-hmm. You can be really excited that you're finally out. You can be in love, totally in love with your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And so it is okay to hold two things at once. And it is also okay to grieve things. Now, we talked about this the other day. I would not talk to your new girlfriend or partner about how much you're missing your whole life no, no. because it's too hard for them to hear and people are human. And so, you know, they're going to worry if you're going to go back. It can cause a lot of tension and a lot yeah. of stuff. Yeah. So find other people, other communities that you can talk about, you know, what you are missing and, and, and the pain and the sadness that you may be feeling because mm-hmm. sometimes our new person is, and also too, if you're both coming out of marriages, I even recommend to do that as well, to find your own people. Even if you both understand it, spending too much time on focusing on what was can be really difficult for a new relationship, but also too, two women coming out from marriages will not be grieving it the exact same way. No. your partner may be way ahead of you or way behind you, and you're like, what's wrong with her? Why why is she getting on so well and I'm still stuck here? Or right. why is she so far behind me? I'm like, I'm so glad I'm out of that marriage. Mm-hmm. It, people grief is grief, and people do it all differently. So the way I gra- grieved the loss of everything that I lost and the way Barb grieved everything that, that she lost – It's just different, and that's okay. So that's Mm -hmm. why it's really super important to find places that you can be in and you can do that work or or community or friends that you can talk to about Mm -hmm. that. You know, just because you're grieving things about your old life, too, doesn't mean that you don't love what you're developing. Yeah. Maybe, you know, we talked the other day about the growth zone. Mm -hmm. And even though there were... The things that you maybe were unhappy with in your marriage, there were probably aspects of it that were really comfortable. And now that you're coming out, you're in a more uncomfortable phase. Right. Absolutely. And you probably miss the the safety zone a little bit. It doesn't mean what you're going towards isn't worth going towards. Right. So remind yourself why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. And I just want to reiterate as we end up here today is that be gentle with yourself. Yes. You know, find people to talk with. Ritual is really, really nice. If there is some ritual you can perform. So, for example, lighting a candle or 
taking a walk and throwing rocks into the stream with all your losses or mm-hmm. or if you are an artist or painting, you know, the grief and the your feeling or you're a writer or you're a poet, you know, writing all these experiences down, all those, all those. And I'm sure other, you all have some things you've done yourself. I think, you know, it is, grief is a, is, I'm going to be really honest with you. It's been six years since I've come out and I am probably in the place now where I'm okay. It, it probably happened about a year and a half ago, but I'm going to say that it was a pretty long process, but I also started to recognize when I was grieving. So I also knew that it was temporary, that it wasn't going to last forever. In the beginning, it does feel like it's going to last forever, but it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. And so I, I knew, so like when it hit me now, or even, and it still hits me now occasionally, like really occasionally, sure. you know, something will trigger it. I know that it's temporary. I know that it's it's not who I am. It doesn't define me. I just have to go with the flow of it. And eventually it does pass. You know, a feeling is just a feeling and they all eventually pass. Talking about it, sharing with your community, sharing with other people who are like-minded, listening to other people's stories mm-hmm. that reflect your own, that is an immense comfort as well. Mm-hmm. And- and that's what Barb and I uh, offer in Lotus Group Coaching. We would love to have you join us. Reach out to us if you have any questions or want to learn more. Um, it has been such a pleasure being with you all. Bye. You've been listening to Coming Out and Beyond, LGBTQIA plus stories with Anne-Marie Zanzel. New episodes of the Coming Out and Beyond podcast drop every other Friday. You can tune in at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and at annemariezanzel.com. Be sure to hit subscribe when tuning in so you never miss an episode. And for more resources, articles, videos, and a free downloadable guide for coming out later in life, visit annemariezanzel.com.